Hello, hello, hello again. This is Rebecca. Um, you might hear some uh, text notifications. I've been communicating with uh, f new friends and my brother Alex and um, new clients. And I'll get into that later. Um, but yes, thank you for joining me again. Reunions, reuniting ourselves here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what I spoke about in the last episode. Um, pretty much was what happened with my brother, Michael, um, and the extremely devastating news um, that he passed away. Um, you know, one of the things I want to start off with by saying is that, you know, I've been reading and listening to a lot of motivational speakers and reading um, motivational quotes and just applying them to my life but what what really what really helped me 100% is that um, I decided to take my mother to her uh, grieving therapy um, for her uh, basically it started off as a group grieving therapy for parents who lose their children in death. Um, so I called the therapist, this company, uh, La Clinica de Buen Salud in Oakland, California. And I spoke to a therapist. Awesome, by the way. I love her. I won't say her name for uh, any type of legal reasons, but she was definitely very supportive and a great listener and everything a therapist should be. Um, I, when I called her, I said, hey, this is for my mother, and, and she really needs help, and, you know, she just got back from Ecuador, and she was ill, and this is what happened, and you'll, if you listen to my previous episode, you know what, what happened, um, and then I asked her if I could sit with her in the counseling session, um, she definitely said, yes, please, uh, it's all voluntary, come in and, and come in and, and help and, and do whatever you'd like to do. So I went with my mom one day uh, on Tuesdays uh, for six sessions. The first day I was like, kind of like, mm, let's see how what this is about. You know, this is my waste of my time. Just driving all the way to Oakland from San Francisco and traffic and wasting gas. And, you know, I was just worried about the problems and not the outcome. I didn't know what to expect. So we went in there and introduced ourselves. And the first day was, if you could imagine, super hard because my heart and everything was so fresh and, and new and, you know, grieving and, and just, I didn't know how to handle my emotions, nor my mom. So... The first session was really hard because we had to talk about it. Um, and I could barely talk because every time I talked about it, I would cry and that thing would come out of my mouth. I'd just cry. Very emotional, painful. Um, and so, you know, the therapist could, could see how much pain it caused me and how I was mentally and emotionally with all this. So... Um, we continued, we spoke, and, and she was going through all the stages of grieving. Um, you know, as a beginner, I'm like, I just 
sat there and took it in and listened. And it was interesting, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't like Jews just making things up. It was a, a scientific study of of human race and how we embrace and bring the stages of grieving. And it doesn't necessarily have to be grieving. It could be applied to many things in life. Like, for example, um, an ex-relationship. This is where I applied it as well. Um, with my brother's death and grieving, definitely. What I needed. But I also, at the same time, I was going through this uh, complicated relationship with another woman. And when I really needed her at the time, she wasn't there and we kind of like officially broke up in the, around that time. So I was, can you, you can imagine just emotionally a wreck in every way. Um, so I apply those grieving um, steps with the relationship I was in. Um, and everything started making sense to me, you know, uh, kind of like the step one was, you're in denial, like this isn't happening, no, 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 where for my brother, when I heard the news in Ecuador, I was like, my whole body went numb, I was, at the same time, I was like trembling, I was shaking, because I had no, no leverage, I had no control over anything, and I was super far away, taking care of my mom, um, and just trying to recover her, giving her the attention, but at the same time, I'm here, not knowing what the condition my brother was in. And then in another way, with my ex-girlfriend, it was like when she was telling me, I can no longer give you what you need or what you want. It was, to me, it was like, how, how, why? Why is she saying this to me? I thought we were in love. I thought this was great. I thought, you know, you'd be the one. And in my mind, for both situations, I thought, no, 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 this isn't happening. I'm in denial. Like, no, I can't accept this. No. Um, and then you have your step two, which is kind of a negotiation. Like, what if? What if I've never said, what if Michael never came with me to Ecuador? What if I went by myself? What if? What if he had not gone to a restaurant to go eat something that he shouldn't have? What if I told him you know, don't drink that, what if, what ifs, right, and then my relationship here, so what if I had not gotten drunk and said all those mean words and things to her, what if I, what if I just, you know, done so many different things, the opposite or whatever, what ifs, so you negotiate yourself, but at the same time, you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know the future, you don't know what's going to happen in in any situation, anything. Like, I don't know what's going to happen to me today. You know, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, and I still have the rest of the day to do what I have to do. And who knows what's going to happen? So, you know, we cannot beat ourselves up and, and think about what ifs, what should have, could have, would have kind of thing. Um, step three was... The anger, like, why, why did it happen to my brother, the sweetest, most humble guy that I know, 
that I love so much. Why him? He had two children. He worked really hard. He was so respectable for his clients. His, the people loved him. He was always smiling. Yes, he had a, you know, when he was mad, he was mad, but he's only human, you know? And a lot of stress on him in his life, and I understand that now. Um, and then in my relationship, like, the anger of why is she doing this now when I when I put in so many years and good good years of my life with her. Why why is she doing this? This this isn't the way my future had to go through. This isn't the path that I chose. I thought it was gonna be this certain way. And for her to be like just nonchalant about it, that made me even more mad. But that's the way she is. That's the way she was brought up or the way she chose to be moving on, keeping forward. Fine, that's her. Um, being mad at situations like, why? Why did this happen? It isn't fair. It's just anger. Um, those top three things are very important because those all three things that I've learned in therapy, they're all a protection. It's a defensive mechanism for number four. Number four is sadness. It's being sad. We want to avoid those top three things because we do not want to feel or be sad, depressed. Don't want to be sad. And believe me, like I've I went through all those three stages with my brother. And if anything, I felt, if anything, I felt sad. I still feel sad. You know, when I think about him, I see his pictures, I hear about him. Um, it's just sad, the whole situation. Um, and the most important thing that, you know, after everything you've, you've learned and gone through, so I've been through these six sessions um, in Oakland, with my therapist and my mom. And I'm grateful because I, I was able to listen to my mom's perspective, how she felt, what she wanted to do. And because she, at, at an older age, her perspective was different from mine. I'm 37, she's about 80. And her life is, and her, her way of thought is different. And her to recover is different too. She's not going to go back to work and life goes on. She's going to be retired and still be home and, and see me grow up. Or continue my life. And see my, my nephew, my niece's life develop. Uh, my other brother's life develop. Whoever, my dad, also retired. Her way of grieving and moving on, moving forward, is Completely different from mine. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also here to guide her when I can. Give her that positive note when I can. But at the end of the day, I have to think about myself and my well-being. So, um, what, I, what I've learned completely about the last session is that grieving in Spanish is duelo. And so duelo means 
if you break it down, duelo means dolor. Dolor is pain. So grieving is painful because we love. El duelo duele porque amamos. So I learned that we're grieving because we love. We love that person or people. And the last step um, of the green therapy session was ultimately uh, acceptance. We need to accept what happened because we can't really do anything about a death. You know, and I've learned to accept the death of my brother. And I've learned to talk about it without being extremely emotional and crying and not being able to talk about it. I'm able to talk about it now. Yes, there are, there are moments where you know I get, I get choked up and I, I can't talk, but that's nothing compared to what I used to be. I, before, I was just a mess. I couldn't, I couldn't say anything about it. I didn't even think about it. But now I'm able to talk about it, hence me going into this podcast for now two episodes um, and just thinking and reminiscing back of my experiences. Uh, it, it hurts, but I, my, my, my heart uh, is trained to handle the situations now um, for in the future. Say, I don't know, if my mother were to pass away or any other um, family members were to pass away, I know how it feels now and I know what to do. And that doesn't take away that I will, won't cry. I won't, I won't feel less emotion. I, I will feel the same amount of emotion and maybe even more because I know how important it is to lose somebody but at the same time, it's okay to lose them. I hope that makes sense to you guys. Um, you know, I see a lot of people on TV that have lost their siblings or have lost their mothers. And when they talk about them, I look at their facial expressions. They, well, the way they close their eyes and they hold them shut. And... I know that feeling. I know what they're going through. I've done it so many times. I know it. I know how they feel. Um, so relating to somebody in that way is a big bond that you can only express and relate to people who've been through that. Um, and you know, what's important that I want to talk about also is that when you go through those stages and you learn that's a basic that that word learn a lot of things about yourself because you've gone through so many things of losing and the pain and the you're gonna make things worth your time and pain i've learned that i'm more worthy and more powerful than i ever thought I was I spent 13 years working as a veterinary technician at a, at a veterinary hospital in two hospitals one of them for 10 years and another for 14 four years and 
and not to take away from any other profession, but for me personally, being in that profession just drained the shit out of me. Because not only was I taking care of, say, um, geriatric elderly pets, but you've, you've seen them grow up and it's hard for you to see them get older. And, and you know, you know, as a professional, you know what's going to happen in, ti- in times, you know, in a few years later or months. They're going wither away and, and you got to understand and tell the, their owners, like, you know, you're doing the right thing. Taking care of them, but it's hard to tell them. Like the reality of it is that, for example, if the pet's name is Cooper, Cooper isn't going to be around long enough. Um, and when that day hits, and they bring them to your hospital for their final day of living, and you see their clients just breaking down, crying, and opening up five boxes of of tissue. And and you understand, you can empathize, you can sympathize too, and what they're going through. I've lost many pets, and every pet that you lose that I lost is a new feeling of loss. It's not the same. It's it's the same as people, you know. And and it was I was drained. I was drained emotionally. I think primarily I was drained emotionally with everything that I've gone through my whole life. And um, I said, hey, this is enough, Rebecca. This is enough. (laughs) This is enough. I can't do this anymore. And I'm the type of person that could take a lot. I'm very patient. um, Extremely patient, I think. And I've gone to a point in my life where I I... I said, no, I said, I can't do this anymore. The death of my brother was the cherry on top. It was a thing that you put on a pile and it just jingo fell down. I couldn't do it anymore. So I told my boss at work when I used to work at the hospital, I said, I'm going through all this and you know somewhat my story, what happened in Ecuador, my brother, you know. But to tell you that I'm unable to give you 100% of me to work as a nurse at the hospital. I can't give it to you. I don't want to make errors. I don't want to make mix-up things at work. I need to go. I need to resign. I need to leave. I need to take care of myself and my mom at this moment. I'm not about to lose my mom, too. So my last day at work was uh, March... 30th um and I told myself I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself I've never had not I've never not had a job (laughs) I've never not had work I'm I was always working got up early go to work come back home that's the monotonous life I had but I was taking care of my stuff I was doing what I had to do you know keeping up expectations from people around me. But sometimes things do not go the way you think it's going to go. And, you know, the, that time that I had off from work, I had no job, no nothing, and I'm home. 
It's like, what do I do with my time? Yes, okay, I could rest. I need the rest. But that's just a certain amount of time you could do. Maybe three days, that's enough to rest. Your body just is relaxed. For me, personally. Um, so my next big move was... What can I do to make money? What can I do that I know I'm skilled at? I don't have to go to school again or be trained. What do I know? I'm a nurse. I'm a freaking nurse. And I've done this before while working at the hospital. I went to do house calls. Whereas a, as a technician, a nurse, I'd go to your house and i take care of your pets. If, whether it be as simply as dog sitting, cat sitting, to removing sutures from a previous surgery that they had to giving them um, client education about anything uh, post-surgery, subcute fluids, nail trimming, things that were simple enough as a te technician appointment I could do. And I've done that in the past. So I said to myself, all right, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my own business of doing house calls for pets. And, and that's that's it. Period. Why not? Um, you know, I'm very grateful for the hospital that I just previously worked at because it's kind of like a, a family. You know, they, they look up to you. They look for after you. They want to help you. And they love you. I feel the love. Um, I think we all bond really well because we have animals and we have this common bond of, of, of like we like something. Um, and they really helped me with my business, to tell you the truth. Because most of the veterinarians referred me to their patients and... I've gotten many phone calls and emails um, for my services. And if it weren't for them, I don't think I'd have this handful of clientele under my belt. They were there to start, up, start it up for me. And they were there for my brother's um, passing, too, in every way. And I'm very grateful for them. Um... So, with this episode, you know, I wanted to end with my business that I'm currently in right now. Um, this Saturday, uh, June 23rd, I will be at San Bruno Avenue um, in Fulton, Fulton, sorry, um, I got I registered for this booth to represent my my business and I will be there in full effect with my banner and my business cards and uh dog breast area children's activity section um I'm really getting I'm getting out there I'm putting myself out something that I've never had done in the past um I really I'm putting a lot of money and effort and confidence in this because 
I have nothing to lose. This is either will make me or it won't break me. I know that much. It will make me or give me a confidence, like a boost my confidence to be more representative, to go out there in San Francisco or anywhere in the Bay Area to promote my business even more because I'm getting that experience. Um, so my next episode, I'll talk about my business. And by the way, my business name is Little Bee's Trail. Little Bee, my name is Rebecca. People call me Becca. I'm short. People call me Little Bee for Becca, Little Becca. And my very first job for dog walking was this dog named Lucy. And I would walk her and call my walk with her Lucy's Trail. So in combination of my very first dog walking job to my nickname, who I am, my identity, was Little Bee's Trail. So everything is a combination of who I am and my my journey going forward. And I hope that my journey going forward will be successful and I can be happy, um, take care of animals and people, know me who I am. And not only for my business, but for my life, my life journey. Um, I'm looking forward so much to to see what's going to happen to me in, in the future, in the near future, possibly. But, yeah, that's that's my journey, and that's my trail, uh, Little Bee's Trail. So, on the next episode, I will talk about more about my business and how it's going, and um, uh, you could po- you could find me on Instagram, uh, Little Bee's Trail, and also on Facebook, Little Bee's Trail. I have plenty of pictures there, and you could see where I where I started and where I'm at now. And just to continue my trail, my journey. Okay, guys? Um, So thank you so much, everybody, for listening in again. Um, And until the next episode. All right? And I wanted to quote off somebody. Um, I know it's kind of weird, but Martin Lawrence, I learned a quote from him when I was in high school. And until now, I've never forgot it. And it's very simple. His quote was, um, "Nothing, there's nothing to it but to do it. And I want to end my podcast with that. So guys, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.